0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. We've got a lot to get to on this Tuesday as I'm recording. We're fresh off another official visitor weekend. We're fresh off 7-on-7 camp for LSU. And we've also got a big interview on tap for you guys today as Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver, joins the podcast a little later. So let's lead off with the big stuff. The official visitors that were in town this past weekend, we haven't seen any commitments from that group as of now. But it is probably looking at the schedule. One of the weekends that you probably circle uh, as one that you know LSU could certainly walk away with at least a guy or two from this past weekend. So let's dive on in. Uh, LSU did host uh, elite defensive tackle. Jaden Wayne over the weekend. And I got the sense of talking to him that he had a nice time. LSU did a good job hosting him, but I get the sense that uh the number one player in Washington's gonna end up playing his college ball elsewhere. But I will say this, and I bring up Jaden Wayne to quickly transition, uh, to not lead off with such bad news, but transition to Darren Reed out of Columbus Carver in the state of Georgia, 6'5", 260-pound defensive tackle who LSU has made a big push for. And I think the Tigers sit right there with Ohio State. And if you don't trust me, trust Darren Reed. Check out the article on the TheBengalTiger.com where he recapped his visit. And LSU did a terrific job, really knocked it out of the park. He had a great time uh, and, and you know, told me that LSU is sitting right there with Ohio State for his commitment which will come at some point on the 4th of July. So, Darren Reed is sitting there as a potential five-star prospect on on 3 sitting at as the number 29 overall prospect in the country, number 4 defensive lineman in the nation, and I think he has got first round draft pick potential. And Jamar Kane has done a terrific job recruiting him to get LSU in that good of a spot for him coming off of that visit. So he, he will uh, head to Ohio State at the end of the month. He heads to Miami next weekend. And this is a recruitment that it does seem like LSU and Ohio State have kind of taken the reins on. Um, I know there's a lot of buzz around LSU right now. We'll see if they can continue to keep that momentum and, and land him because I tell you what, out probably out of all of the official visitors this summer, And I might be missing one or two, Uh, maybe Jay, maybe Jalen Brown, maybe Jaden Rashada. But in terms of who could have the biggest impact on LSU, I mean, that's how good Darren Reed is. He's right up there uh, with you know all the best of the best in terms of prospects in the country, and so he, um, you know, had a terrific visit. So I wanted to lead off with uh, Jaden Wayne was certainly the highest rated on the on three consensus who was in town, but. I quickly moved on from him to share the good news, at least about Darren Reed. Let's move down the list. Another prospect I talked with after his visit, a top 100 offensive lineman overall, Caden Green out of the state of Missouri. And he's somebody that LSU really surged for here. They surged right to the top two with Oklahoma. He heads to Missouri the last weekend in June, and he also wants to make his commitment in July. The Sooners hold a lot of confidence here, and rightfully so. They've got multiple predictions on the on-three recruiting prediction machine, but LSU has some ties here. Brad Davis played with Caden Green's high school coach in college. They were teammates, and LSU was a late add to his official visit list, and Caden just told me, look, they were a late add. We were looking kind of to see you know, if, if we would even take another visit. Uh, he just canceled his Michigan official visit, by the way, and they end up coming to LSU, and he he kind of put it perfectly. He said, it wasn't anything that I didn't already know about the program that I found out, but the people and everything around, the, around Baton Rouge on my visit were just terrific, and he came away really impressed with Brad Davis. And I, I do know from talking with different sources that his parents did as well. So I would say LSU did surge and now is battling Oklahoma squarely straight up for Caden Green, who already official to Norman, so LSU and Oklahoma will kind of have to battle Missouri, who holds that last official visit, um, but Caden Green is somebody that I'm not saying LSU is going to get, but they certainly surged uh, to the top of his list along with Oklahoma, um, and then another prospect, let's move on to the two teammates out of Indianapolis and in Josh Mickens and Kendrick Gilbert. Uh, two of the best prospects in the country. Josh Mickens is another guy who could end up a five-star, four-on-three, an elite edge rusher. And then Kendrick Gilbert, a 6'5", 250-pound defensive lineman. Kendrick will head to Iowa and Kentucky next weekend. Josh Mickens, I think we talked about it on the preview podcast, but he lost his father earlier this year, so it's been a really tough year. He's going to take his visits in the fall. He's mentioned wanting to get back for a game. So, you know, LSU's in this now. In North Carolina, holds the on-three recruiting prediction machine lead. He's got a ton of ties to the state of North Carolina with family, but his mom, also looking to potentially move with him to college, has some ties to Louisiana with some friends in the New Orleans area. So maybe that helps. He had a terrific time. He told me he loved it. Uh, we'll just see if they can get him back on campus and and kind of keep swinging away because he's one of the best prospects in the country and then Kendrick Gilbert, it just sounds like he's going to take his visits and we'll see kind of where the chips fall with him. I do think there's, you know, a chance he goes elsewhere. And I I think that could be, you know, potentially a sign of where LSU stands with some of these other defensive linemen overall. Um, but uh, LSU did a good job with his vi- with their visit uh, and, and he really enjoyed it. So up next, Iowa and Kentucky for Kendrick Gilbert. And then Edric Hill kind of not kind of, one of the quietest recruitments I've seen this cycle out of North Kansas City, Missouri. 6'1", 280-pounder on the defensive line, comes in town, and most people kind of think LSU's playing catch-up here. I would tend to agree just because there really hasn't been much buzz about him at all. Um, Seems like Alabama holds the lead. We'll kind of see where he ends up. It's one of those weird recruitments. It wouldn't shock me if Missouri really got involved uh, and, and you know, continue, you continue know, got into it and, and really pushed for him um, and, and, and tried to keep him in the state of Missouri. So Edric Hill is kind of one of those weird ones where you, you don't really know. So um, that's why we're not going to spend too much time on him. But let's finish up with two three-star prospects that were on campus um, and two guys that I think LSU is right in the mix for. Wit Weeks out of the state of Georgia brother of West Weeks, the LSU linebacker. LSU did a really good job here. Uh, from what he told me, he really enjoyed it. Uh, seemed like Madhouse impressed him. They watched a ton of film together and just went over things, uh, which Whit really enjoys. And, uh, you know, even when he, he told me, I said, what are you looking to see on your Georgia visit next weekend? He said, I want to see, I want to watch a, ton, a lot of film and just be around the players. So um, he's a football junkie, uh, clearly, and, and I think Madhouse played into that well I like where LSU sits for him. You know they've got West on the roster. I know there's a potential that he could stay home and you know play for Georgia. Georgia is pushing for him, as well as Oklahoma, who also hosted him already uh, this this summer. So Whit Weeks, I think that's one of the guys that you circle as you know potentially in the class. You 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 like to feel good about with the family ties there now, um, and I think his official visit went really well. Kyle Parker's an interesting one. Has a lot of ties to the state of Louisiana. Uh, His dad's from New Orleans and and went to LSU, and he had a terrific official visit from what I heard. Um, Louisville does host him next weekend, and the Cardinals have been on a tear lately recruiting. Uh, They have DeAndre Moore, one of the top wide receivers in the country, committed. Pierce Clarkson is a really good sell at quarterback uh, for Louisville, so don't count out Louisville. And then Texas holds the on-three recruiting prediction machine lead. It wouldn't shock me at all if he goes out of state and ends up at LSU or Louisville. It's been an interesting one to follow, but I've heard things went really, really well. And uh, Cortez Hankton offered him recently and and got him on campus for that visit right away. And uh, so I think LSU sits in a really good spot there. We'll just see if they can weather the storm from Louisville and and land Kyle Parker. So that's kind of your rundown on official visitors. I I wanted to keep this relatively short because we've got a great chat with Malik. Um, As you're listening to this, most likely one official visitor that will arrive early uh, into Baton Rouge will be Jaden Chapman. Um, At least as of the time of recording, he was still coming. Four-star offensive lineman uh, out of the state of Texas uh, from Harker Heights. He sits as a top 100 prospect, four on three, one of the best offensive linemen in the country. LSU's battling Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M for him. Uh, He's already been to Texas A&M. And he's already been to Oklahoma. Now he'll head to LSU before finishing things up with a trip to Austin. Uh, He really wanted to fit this official visit in. He worked around, I think, some scheduling things with his mom um, to make it happen. So we'll see if Brad Davis can make a big push here uh, with a little midweek official visit. So he'll arrive tonight. He'll start his official visit on Wednesday. And then LSU will hope for the best because he'd be a monster land along the interior of that offensive line. I've seen him work out. Uh, He's a really, really good prospect. Uh, But of course, Texas does hold a good bit of confidence there to keep him in the state of Texas. So uh, with that, guys, let's go ahead and move on to Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver. Had a blast catching up with Malik. think you guys will really enjoy this one. Uh, We've got more interviews to come. I, I know I mentioned Charles Turner last week, but uh, we had to move Malik up because it's a little time sensitive. He's got something cool coming out uh, in the NIL space as far as NFTs go. So we talked a little bit about that. We talked a little bit of football, and uh, hope you guys enjoy this interview with LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Welcome back to the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. Joining me now, super pumped about this one, Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver coming on the podcast. Malik, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Anytime. And look, you you were somebody that burst onto the field as a freshman for LSU in 2021, but I want to talk and, and lead off with your partnership with the Players Lounge and the Bengal Cat Crew. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What's this NFT thing you're working on?
1: Um, the Player Lounge is like a platform built by the letterman to empower relationships with like our fans with the college players to like nfts and we can uh interact with them on uh like our website that we got and uh buku buku fans can come in and talk to the lsu players
0: and that's awesome you you have you have your kickoff event coming up at walk-ons on june 25th so you'll be, you guys will be out there who's a part of your crew uh you know on the bengal cat crew i know there's some football players a little baseball. Um, tell me about, you know, you guys getting out in the community and doing some of these events with fans that are a part of the NFT, uh, you know, family.
1: Right. Uh, I think John, I think John and them had already um, got into the public with it. Um, I was able to do it, but I know uh, some players that are doing this. Me, John Emery, Keyshawn Boutte, uh, BJ Ojalari, Miles Brennan. Um, Mike Jones and a couple more players that we have with the baseball, but I'm not I'm not pretty sure about them. I just know about just the football players that I have. and Jerry
0: Jenkins. Awesome, awesome. And look, this nil opportunity that you're a part of. Tell me about your NFT. I, I know it's going to be unique to the players. Um, what what how did you go about designing yours, and what were some of the key things you wanted to hit on?
1: Um. So my NFT, I put like some cleats around my neck because, um, you know, it was about football. Um, I put like a little vest under mine because I like to go like play paintball. And so, you know, it kind of hurts. A lot, it kind of hurt a little bit. So it's always good to wear some of the protection. Um, and I put like some glasses, I believe. Um, and that was post likely in a, in a gold chain because I wear I wear a gold Cuban link around my neck every day. So. I just added stuff that um, that meant a lot to me onto my NFT.
0: And that's awesome. I mean, look, what's the NIL space been like for you since you've been able to capitalize? I mean, how much, I know LSU can't help you, but I guess speak to maybe what it's like being an LSU football player and, you know, being able to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness.
1: I um, mean, you know, being an LSU player is every kid's dream, you know? So just to be in the limelight of being an LSU football player is uh, amazing. And um, with the NIL deal, it's been, it's been a, you know, it's been rough a little bit around the times. But it's most likely for the first time just being in the NIL deal has been great. I can say, just having, just building a relationship with a lot of business people um, at an early age is, is 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 amazing.
0: And so rough, you mean like just kind of navigating it, or it's like maintaining, maintaining everything, you know gotcha so being you know having to do some of the marketing things you've got to do right 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 got it got it well hey man you know if you you keep you know on the trajectory you, you know you kind of made a name for yourself as a freshman 417 yards receiving on 28 receptions you had four touchdowns as well you know things are kind of trending up for you you could be in the league and be doing this a long time as far as the marketing side of things so this is experience for that but let's go to your experience on the field last year. No, it was kind of a, you know, a, a tough year uh, overall for the team at Ozron. you know, no longer the coach. Brian Kelly's in now. But what did you learn as a freshman about yourself as you were able to, you know, kind of emerge as a reliable receiver down the stretch, especially?
1: Um, uh, When I started, like, when I started, like, early, just the speed of the game, you know, when I first got in as a freshman, you know, I was kind of nervous, you know, just the first time being on at Tiger Stadium, so, um, what I learned is like just getting the, the speed of the game, you know, the game is really, really way faster than like high school. So just getting my feet will help me like overcome a lot, a lot of obstacles that I had my freshman year with like confidence, you know, like every player comes in with like freshman. You always want to play, you know, but once you get the actual time to play, you know, you got to gain that confidence back So once you had, So I say just gaining the confidence, uh, um, just playing against competition.
0: And you know, you you were able to emerge. You know, in that game against ULM was your your career high. But you know, just overall down the stretch, uh, you you had a big game against AM. Um, Kansas State. You you know, it was a tough outing without a quarterback. Really, John Trey did the best he could. But what do you feel like you're now kind of focused on this offseason as far as the things that you need to take that you know next level jump uh, in 2022? Um, I say
1: just. Watching over the things that I did that was that could have led me better. My last season, like freshman year, like I had, like I I'd talk about, I you know the good things are good, but I look at all the bad things that I could make good. Like I had a, a tremendous amount of drops last year that I'm working on to like not have this year. Um, just working on getting in and out my breaks and just listening to my coaches, whatever they tell me to do. You know, they always lead me in the right direction. So just keep my head straight, just listen to the coaches, coaching stuff.
0: One of the coaches you're listening to is Cortez Hankton, new wide receivers coach, a Louisiana guy. I mean, what have you thought about him uh, coming in, and uh, what has he really kind of, I guess, stood out as far as what he emphasizes and focuses on?
1: Um, you know, the te- technique about it. You know, it's like he let us some days. He, you know. As a coach, like you go wanna let your kids like be comfortable, you know? Um, that's all he preached about, like just being comfortable, like you don't want to be all like up so tight, you know. Um, so just letting us go out and play, but still not forgetting the technique about the game.
0: And what's this new offense been like? Uh what, what are some of the things that maybe it empowers you guys to do as far as receivers? Um, and and just what do they kind of emphasize as far as uh getting, you know, you guys the ball and 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 giving you guys opportunities to make plays? You know, uh, I say
1: I guess I can say the leadership of the quarterback room. You know, they're always trying to get with the receivers. You know, to have a big year. So I say to have. I mean, we need a good offense. So the quarterbacks just took a big role in that, getting us, getting us all together. You know, trying to catch ball, just get the offense down packed, with just being ourselves without the coaches being around.
0: And let's go to the quarterbacks. They're all different in their own ways, in their own experience levels. How do you, you know, don't don't pick one. You don't got have to pick one, but what are you seeing out of them overall as a group? And and can you kind of break each of them down a little bit as far as what they bring to the table?
1: Um I'm gonna try to break down. I'm gonna try to break down as easy as possible. Um, <laughs> but for the quarterback room, I see, you know, like it's a one man's job, you know, but all of them show interact with each other, you know, they're uplifting each other, they're helping each other every day, like, you know. It's always it's just a it's it's a team it's a team sport so you know you gotta help the man on side you just can't let him fall so I say the leadership by the quarterback room has been tremendous just with Walker Garrett Jaden, Miles you know they're all just uplifting everyone and themselves um, I say Nuss um, I don't know it's like I've been I with him with his freshman year you know I see him grow a lot uh, me him and Jack has been uh, working out a lot so I say. I don't know, I can't really, I can't really break each of them down. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll move on to the wide receiver room. You guys got Kayshawn, who's eventually going to come back. You got Jack, you got you, um, Chris Hilton, you know, Brian Thomas. This kind of, I know Kayshawn's now uh, the elder one of the group, but what was it like for you four freshmen, you, Jack, Brian, and and Chris Hilton to, to kind of go through everything together? And, and just how close of a group are you guys?
1: We're very close and just watch those guys. Like sometimes I was Jare and Keyshawn from just to add stuff to my game. Like they had success their season and doing things that they did. So just looking up those guys, those guys carry themselves and what they do. Something that um, we look up to. Watch everything they do it impacts the younger guys like me, Chris and Brian and Jack and even the younger guys that just came in. So what we do also affect what they do because they're looking up to us. In the room.
0: And I'll leave you with this uh, before we kind of go off the field. What's the biggest difference people are going to notice about you guys as a team when it comes to you guys playing uh, when you guys take the field against Florida State?
1: Um, I can, I probably want to say like more hype, you know, it's like we got a lot of, um a lot of more like leaders on the team, you know, like more than last year, like it's it's probably going to be just more like more funner, you know, it's like, it's a lot of guys that came just being like, just from different schools, you know, different coaches. So I, I would say just more hype, you know, everybody's going to be uh ecstatic to see Brian Kelly's first game, our first game, I, who's the quarterback, who's the, what's the new offense, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hype. All
0: right. Now I, I did, and I've been doing this with a few guys, what do you like to do away from the football field what are what are some of your passions or, or things you like to do around Baton Rouge when you're not you know doing football or school
1: um <laughs> around Baton Rouge i around after football i probably just go home but when i go back like to like home in lafayette i probably hang out with my friends go play basketball and just uh go paintballing every once in a while you know i get get to the friends we just go paintball and have some fun uh go swimming and stuff like that
0: Okay, are you watching anything good on Netflix? You got any recs for the people out there?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd be watching Stranger Things, uh, Who Killed Sarah, uh, Ozark. Uh, I just finished Money Heist and working on Black Lightning.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. I will say, Who Killed Sarah kind of gets a little weird. I, I'm still rolling through it. I uh, I picked it back up, but I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, it's getting a little weird, but I can't. I kind of can't put it down in a way.
1: Yeah, don't
0: don't don't ruin it, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, (laughs) show's arc as well. That's a good one. So, well, all right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you jumping on, talking about the Players Lounge and Bayou Cat Crew. Uh, make sure you guys check them out on their social media pages. Uh, the Players Lounge, T H Players Lounge, and Bayou Crew, Bayou Cat Crew. Um, just how you spell it right there, all one word. June 25th, you guys are going to be at walk-ons, kicking off the big uh, summer and year you guys have with this. So excited to see you guys roll it out. And thank you uh, for coming on the podcast and talking with us. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you to Malik Neighbors for coming on the Bengal Tiger Podcast. That's been this week's edition of the podcast. We will catch you guys uh, later on in the week uh, for another edition. And hope you guys enjoyed that episode.